Hello, and welcome to Natural Toonie, a Canadian D&D podcast presented by the Upford Network. I'm Alex Smith, and I'll be your dungeon master as we delve into the continuing adventures of Uriel Dawnbringer. I'm uh, kind of going through a bit of a great entanglement of my own. Sabrika Anakis. Cartwheels, acrobats, you know, murder. Vorkath Barrencrop. You stay away from my friends! And Pascal Sinclair. Ah oh, man, I hope the Expos are still doing well. As they find themselves tugging away at the heart of the mysteries surrounding the newfound land. Last time on Natural Toonie. Having been separated for what may or may not have been an amount of time, our band of Mary Fisher people found themselves reunited inside the Citadel, beyond Her Majesty's medial cloaca. They decided it was time to finally breach the inner cloaca. So they did. They went up. They met the Queen. They spanked the Queen. And then... Then Pascal decided to maybe blow everything up. But uh, we'll see, because uh, there's a fight going on, and Pascal is not in control of themselves. That's that's what happened last time on, on Natural 2D. Talky-talky, spanky-spanky, boom. Yeah, I feel like Pascal decided is a little bit generous. I feel like Pascal's uh, headstone will say, Spanky, spanky, talky, talky, boom. <laughs> You've been reading their diary, I see. Maybe. So we just had Pascal's turn. So just so that everybody is on the same page about initiative, uh, in case you don't have that handy from last time, Pascal, 15, Sab, 16, Uriel, 17, Vorkath, 20, Queenie, a number lower than all of you. Am I right that we left off with Pascal forming a giant orb, but not having fired it yet? That is correct. Well, it was a giant baseball, wasn't it? An entropic baseball? Uh, yes. It was something of roughly baseball-ish um, dimensions, but very big and uh, nothing full. Oh, are you saying that the, for the first time this entire campaign, there is a ball-shaped projectile and Pascal will not have a chance to hit it? Uh, yes. Well, I'm, I'm pitching now. Come on. Just changing positions. So, uh, moving along with the, uh, queen, who is altogether amused at, um, how, how readily Pascal has, um, made with the basey Bali, um, she casts a gravity fissure at Uriel. Fun. Uh, do you want to remind us just of the layout of the room, sort of, like where we are in relation to her? I would love to do that. You are in a room. Uh, which... <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Thank you. You have approached from the southern entrance of this room. It is the only entrance, but it happens to be on the southern face. So here we are. Uh, the queen, located rather centrally to the room. Vorkath has uh, come up near the queen. Isn't Vorkath under the queen? Yes. <laughs> right. <Spanky>. Because uh, <laughs> we are just in the middle of that business. If I remember right, Vorkath didn't get a chance. No, Vorkath failed to spank the queen, if I remember right. For the moment, I am happy to persist with uh, Schroeninger's um, butt spank. While, um, yes, Uriel, you are more nearish yourself, and Sab, I apparently did not make a note of where you were. You're in the room. <laughs> Good. I mean, that's how rogues work, you know? They're just kind of somewhere in the room. So she is aiming her gravity fissure at you, Oriel. I do not believe you're flying. So, um, roll me a con save, please. Uh, that is a 14. A 14 does not, in fact, save. So one moment while I get out my handy dandy dice calculator by which I mean phone I stow in some of the clothes in my closet while we record so it doesn't make noise and so I talk about this to cover the gap while I get it out of that piece of clothing. Yeah, that was great. If only there was some way to edit out 
dead air, but sadly, this is live, so... I, I, I edit professionally, and there's no way to edit out dead air, actually. That's a myth. Yeah. Okay, so here we are. Um, so, Uriel, you take uh, 35 force damage. Yikes. On bikes. And you are pulled 10 feet closer towards the queen and the line, because you have been caught by a smooth fisher. All right. Uh, so the queen does not do anything more. She's uh, thoroughly satisfied with uh, the degree to which it looks as though she has just wrecked your face. She is still grappled if she wants to break out of that. No. She's enjoying it. Yes. It's the most action she's had since... All right, since... spanking is now off the table permanently. Wait a minute. Is this is this just the Ottoman guy again? pretending to be the queen you never know okay so that brings us to vorkaith i'm going to recklessly attack uh with grit my great weapon mastery because fuck this queen mm-hmm. uh i don't think a nine uh 18 an 18 hits oh yay alex am i still angry i assume i'm still angry yeah okay um <laughs> So that's going to be 27 slashing damage. Okay. I'm going to do that again and see if it works again. Uh, no. That's a, an 11. An 11 would not hit. Okay. Well, that's me done. All right. She is, uh, she has been slashed at. She does not appear daunted by your slashage, which brings us neatly to Ariel. Question. Does she not react to it at all, or is she sort of like still enjoying it. I mean, she is annoyed by you now that you have um, ceased your juvenile spanking in favor of slashing. Is she, like, bleeding at all? Or it's just sort of you're cutting into this thing and it doesn't seem to be doing anything at all? She is bleeding, yes. Is it blood? It's hard to say. It. She's certainly emitting a fluid. Gross. Okay, so I have a quick question for the rest of the party is how does everybody kind of look in terms of health? I'm surprisingly uh, okay. I think I'm at 49 if my math is correct and to be trusted. I'm pretty sure I'm at 20. Nice. I am also at 20. Okay. I will... Se- secondary question. You said she's sort of channeling all of the orbs that have, like, are there around her, right? Are they, like, in a mass around her? They are all over the room. Is there, like, some that have been, like, brought towards her that she's channeling through specifically? Or is just the whole room is there and she's just kind of sitting there? The whole room, uh, if there were one that you could say is closer to her, her crown. The crown is made of nothing? A part of her crown is made of nothing, yes. That's what I failed. I tried to take the crown. Yes. Is there... Any benefit to my use of, what is it called? Darkness? In the case of we would want to run away. Is there like a, I don't think there's a door. I I don't know if we can leave here. I feel like we're kind of stuck, no? Like, didn't we get instanced into this boss fight? Uh, The door hasn't disappeared, no. However, yes, it would be difficult to leave. Okay, and Sab, you still have your, like, jar of magic honey, right? You mean my bees? Well, the... I mean, the bees came with the honey, but the the honey was the magic part. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I just find the bees a bit more important than the honey. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, no. I mean, the bees are great and they can't heal uh, you or anyone around you. But that's the important part of the ecosystem. So in that case, since Sab does have a method of healing herself, I'm going to use uh, four... Uh, healing light dice on myself so I can continue to stay up and potentially heal other people. So that's my bonus action. That's 11 health recovered for myself. And Pascal now has this glowing, uh, not glowing, but floating like orb of nothing above them, right? It's in, it's in my mouth. It is in front of your mouth. You, you are, you are doing a spirit bomb, but instead of open hands, it's mouth. Open mouth. What, what is Pascal pointed at right now? Their neck is sort of up at maybe a 45 degree angle. They're they're aimed at a 45 degree angle. Can I try to position myself so that Pascal is between me and the queen? And I want to cast Eldritch Blast at the or through the Orb of Nothing. And by Eldritch Blast, I mean Celestial Blast. You want to blast into my mouth? Hang on. No, I want to blast through the orb to the queen. Oh, there we go. Look, any, any port in a storm. 
Also, uh, regarding the hex that I had placed on the queen last time, um, I haven't been rolling concentration, but also Tomb of Levistus would just end it, so that's not a thing. Alright, so the first one is, uh, that is a nine. And the second one, oh god, I wish I wasn't rolling with advantage, a disadvantage for this. That's a twelve. <laughs> Pascal, what is your AC? Fourteen. I'm not trying to hit Pascal, I'm trying to hit the orb. <laughs> You you nearly hit with that second celestial blast, but it appears as though space is, is warping mighty hard in the vicinity of that ball, and it, it curves away from it even as the spell starts to approach, uh, veering off and uh, colliding with a wall. But I still feel like I could hit it if I tried to, and not just that it's not hittable, right? It's just that I rolled poorly? Yes. Okay, good. I don't really have any... I did, I did all the things. Then that brings us to Sabrika. So far in life, I haven't had any good ideas. So what if I just do what you were going to do, but then instead I use my magic rapier and I throw it. Throw it? <laughs> <laughs> Into the orb. I don't know. To be fair, I don't even know... Where I am in the room. No one does. You're, you're so sneaky. Don't you have the ability to manifest psychic daggers or something like that from your uh, clown ability? I, I did send you something like that in the winter. So, Becca, you can manifest your psionic power as a shimmering blade of psychic energy. Uh, you can strike within 60 feet. On a hit, it deals 1d6 plus your modifier for the attack roll of damage. I would love to use these psychic daggers. Please do. So, like, you you attack with your rapier, and then in addition to and your also? rapier... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have just been sitting around here. <laughs> okay, cool. So I'm just going to assume that I'm close enough to her to rapier. So I'm going to do that while I also do psychic knife. I would assume by virtue of me being five feet next to her by grappling her, advantage is granted? Yes. Okay, so I'm rolling for the rapier first. 20. Not natural. That's a hit. And then the psychic knife. Okay, that's a 12. That is not a hit, unfortunately. Mm. Does she at least feel it a little? Yes. Your your clownish psychic blade um, manifests and whizzes past her face. She bristles briefly at the proximity of clown. She, she doesn't enjoy the feeling of rapier in the morning. But yeah, she is hurt. Cool. So that was a seven, and the sneak attack was a 15. Excellent. Okay. She is, in fact, actually starting to look moderately injured a little. She is looking less overconfident. It's okay, guys. We got this. Uriel, keep taking the hits. It's apparently what I'm here for. I'll keep her pinned. So that brings us once again to your friend and mine, Pascal Sinclair, who is continuing to uh, manifest their big ol' uh, basketball. That's how we say it in Quebec. Which is uh, growing so great and powerful now that their scales as well begin to shift and appear nothingish all over their body. Uh, Pascal, make me a charisma save. That will be a whopping six. Okay, uh, Pascal lets out a furious and animalistic roar, the likes of which you have never heard from even Pascal at their most excited. It is not a happy sound as the baseball... Um, begins to vibrate angrily in the air and triples in size. Um, it is now quite large and quite dangerous at looking. And Pascal is beginning to crane their neck slightly upwards, unhinging their jaw as though at any moment uh, they might um, they might release their ball. How far is the queen? from Pascal right now. Uh, she is within 30 feet. And how big is the ball that is extending from Pascal? Uh, I would say it is now on the order of like a 10 to 15 foot sphere. Okay, okay. That's really big. 
Yeah. Hope you guys are ready to do some Indiana Jones running. As uh, as Pascal does this, they take no further action. They appear to be nearly ready to to shoot. All right, which brings us to the queen, uh, who has not been uh, not noticing the transformation in Pascal. She is uh, grinning to herself as she uh, announces, Ah, <laughs> oh, that is excellent. You are nearly, nearly ready, and then I can get this show on the road. Thorky Thor, Wargy War, Morgy Moor, Dorgy Door. Oh, that's a new one. Puppies, if you'd be so kind as to come. And uh, she holds her action, having called for the corgis. Chucker, David. It's not going to be a chuck, because I don't know what the throw is, and I don't know if she can fly and stuff. And Borketh is kind of not thinking that clearly. I'm going to run up 15 feet towards the sphere with the queen in tow <laughs> and spike her into the ball. <laughs> yes. That's a great idea. Okay. Alex, does this count as a ranged weapon attack against Pascal? <laughs> yes. I'm not throwing her. I am physically going to slam her into the ball. Oh, I guess this is duck. more of a suplex situation. Yeah. I kind of want to just charge with the queen out in front of me, both my arms stretched and just face plant her into it and then whoop underneath the ball. Uh, what do you want me to do with that? Athletics. Hey, did you know that that's a strength check? Yes. And I have advantage on those right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a 24. Okay. At the end of the day, the queen is nevertheless a relatively small old lady. And therefore... I thought she was a, a child. She's both. Okay. So you, you do successfully pick up the queen and run her at the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, how exactly are you... Uh, how exactly is the ball being struck? I think if I can manage it, I want to grab the queen by the like the collar she has and just sort of, as I run up to the ball, sl- swing forward with the queen, slamming her into the ball, and I'm going to attempt to duck underneath and cuddle my bones. Okay. Hey, queen, <laughs> cuddle my bones. <laughs> just a Montreal tender queer looking for someone to cuddle my bones. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe left. Okay, so as she connects with the ball, there is a a truly spectacular explosion. Like we're we're talking of whoop and a boom and a a cascades of nothing piercing out of the the ball as it uh, loses its structural integrity. Uh, the, the queen collides with it and partially passes through it, uh, which you don't get a very good look at what that does to, um, uh, queen's McDouche face, but nevertheless, you, you don't get the feeling it did anything good to, uh, her passing through that much naked nothing. As a result of this, it appears as though the entire room is now shaking. It appears as though the entire building is now shaking. More than just the building may be shaking, but there is certainly shaking. We all die. The end. Uh, Not quite. I just needed to work out exactly which contingency is firing now, because this was not exactly how I anticipated this going. You didn't think Warcraft would spank the queen, then yeet the queen? Surprisingly, no. Yeet the rich. Just a Montreal tender queer looking for someone to spank and yeet my queen. Ah! I think I would swipe on somebody who said yeet the rich. Okay, yes, 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 yes. I see what happens. Okay. Hearing her call, the corgis splorch their way coilsomely into the room. Uh, they they don't appear to enter fully. It's more as though their back halves are somewhere and their front halves have extended all the way here, snaking through to uh, enter the room. Dorgy Dor uh, 
the corgi you have not met, but whose, you know, face you can assume is the one you haven't met because it's the one you don't recognize, begins to slither and spin in place, wheeling themselves into a portal, a portal of liquid dog, through which first the other corgis snake their way around uh, their um, be-entropied queen's body, uh, and then the, all four of them uh, snake their way into a puddle and then disappear. As this happens, there is an earth-shattering kaboom, and all four of you lose consciousness. Time to roll new characters. <laughs> this is Bluriel Blonblinger. Blabrika Bloodacus. <laughs> Okay, so you all wake up, and you are outside St. John's. Oh. You are just laying on the ground outside St. John's. You are not healed, but you uh, you are not dead either. You definitely feel as though you've survived an explosion. That's the last time I ate that many beef wellingtons in one sitting. Is is Pascal like back to normal now? No, Pascal hasn't woken up yet. <laughs> that was that was sleep talk. Are they still nothingy or are they back to being whatever color they, they were before? They are back to being whatever color they were before before nothinging. Rose gold, baby. I'm just gonna eat some of my magic honey. I'm gonna jump up and look back towards the the gates. Well, what? Yeah, I'm gonna. Also, check and see what the aftermath is. I'm gonna eat my honey. What, what did is, we what do? Like? Yeah, no, Sab, you sit, you sit and eat your honey. Okay, so looking back towards the city, uh, you notice a couple of major, major differences. This maybe would have nagged at you if you'd stared at where you were already looking, uh, but you're definitely noticing it looking at St. John's itself. Uh, this entire area doesn't look entangled anymore. Even the area... Uh, like outside the city. Similarly, that uh, all of that nice natural light is continuing to shine through because uh, because the sky has a hole in it. It is very obvious where in the citadel you were because there is a smoldering crater of a top floor on that building, and it you know. Looking straight up from that leads to a uh, bunch of weird, old, uncomfortable-looking cracks in the sky. However, unlike how it looked inside of St. John's, looking through it here, you can see that uh, beyond that point of separation, beyond the dome itself, there are definitely things on the other side. Um, There are... Tall buildings of some kind, things moving, and certainly a number of structures that give the the impression that this ha- is being monitored from the outside, and they are certainly very curious as to what is going on in here. Moreover, as a result of this hole, the ocean is uh, falling out of the sky around the city. Not the whole sky, but certainly there is a constant water flow off of St. John's. The the southeastern portion of ocean is falling back down to where it belongs, alongside all of this normal Newfoundlandy plant life, unentangled-looking animals like squirrels. There there are squirrels, and they're not giant. They, they're not multicolored. They don't sing into your brain. They're just squirrels. I have an important question. Do we look different from before? Other than, like, more beat up? No. I'm worried. I feel like maybe we're on the same track here. Wasn't it that we couldn't exist if we broke the dome or something? Well, it, she wanted to unentangle us, right? I, I mean, we still have... Like, uh, ASMR, Tiefling, Dragonborn, and Goliath here, right? It's not just, like, four, or like four humans, or... That is correct. You have not all uh, suddenly transfigured into humans. As you, uh, continue to take a look at your 
surroundings, um, you you do notice that the city itself now seems to be almost shielded in a different way. It, it's hard to see directly, but it's almost as though there's a slightly more invisible kind of nothing warding St. John's over and above, like, what the walls were already physically doing. And you get the impression it is going to be much harder to go back in there than it was um, originally. With the ocean falling, do we think the commission is okay? Probably not, right? What about the drac? We, we, we sort of told them to stick, stay in their desert, which is going to very soon be flooded. Also, speaking of, I'm going to, like, tend to Pascal. I want to see what's going on. They're still unconscious, right? Yeah, they are still unconscious. Uh, I'm going to give them my last three healing light dice. Actually, you know what? No, I'm just going to use healing hands. Uh, I just touch them, touch them, E-M-M, and... Uh, I heal them by just 6 HP. Just a little little, little boost. Pascal immediately shoots back into consciousness. Ah! Are you going to blast us? This I, I, I honestly, I ask you this too many times. Are you going to blast us? No. Should I? Do you remember anything? Uh, Alex? No. The last thing I remember was the queen. Yeah, your, your memory would drop off. As the fight was beginning, like once you started having to make those checks, you were all you were past the point where your brain would not be registering new memories. Yeah, the, the last thing I remember was us going into the queen's chambers and uh, I took off my scarf and uh, I think I called her a bitch. I don't really remember anything else. Yeah, diplomacy is not our strong suit, it turns out. Guys, uh, what, what, water over there? What's happening here? Well, after, uh, your memory fades, you may have accidentally turned into a big nothing beast and made a very big ball of nothing, to which I took the queen and threw her into it, exploding quite a bit of what looks to be existence. Yeah. But I'm gonna lean in close to Pascal and say, it was really cool, though. Yeah, I, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to see it. Can we act it out later? It sounds like fun. Absolutely. Should we uh, check on someone, something? I Mostly, I just kind of feel like this is not a place we should stay after I blew it up. Uh... As you continue to uh, debate the finer points of whether or not it is a good idea to stay idling next to the city you exploded. Well, it fills with water. Yep. You hear a sound, an extremely loud sound, that uh, Pascal, you would probably recognize, but uh, is unfamiliar to everyone else present. Sort of a it's the knickknackist. I can't tell if it's supposed to be like a space whale or a fucking wolf. It is none of those things. <laughs> Wait, is it the cops? No, it is not the cops. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a foghorn? <laughs> yeah, it's an air raid sign. And you hear, like, an emergency, you know, warning siren. One of those... You know what? The world has been unentangled for all of two minutes. I forgive us for thinking of fantasy things. Yeah, seriously. I just, you know, in my mind, I thought maybe you were sending cops after us and I was going to get a chance to live out a fantasy here. That's all. Don't worry. It's still happening, but uh, not this moment. We should like it. <laughs> As the extremely loud siren um, overwhelms your senses, it appears to be louder than anything else you have heard before, period. Like, this is audible not just to the entire city, it is probably audible in Conception Bay. Oh no, guys, it's the feds. Scatter. Cheese it. The loudest thing I've ever heard is happening. I can't hear you. A sort of shrill, feedy-backy kind of screechy sound as the siren stops... Before you hear, to your surprise, the familiar voice of the Queen. Attention! 
not great. It is an act of great terror by terrorists. Rogue fisher people have assaulted St. John's and blown up your precious queen. If you are hearing this message and you are of sufficient anglitude to heed my voice, you are now compelled to hunt down and kill the treacherous freaky fisher people. And if you are already a good fisher person who would never try to blow up the queen, then you are extra compelled. You are super ordered now. Find the dragon with the boob. Yeah. The, 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 the twink with the lavender. Horse the knife lady. And gruff guy. The break, I do not know what a twig is. It's like a snack cake. I'll explain it to you later. The good news is she didn't name us, and uh, somehow. Okay. Uh, Oriel, Don, Bringer, Pascal, Sinclair, Borkat, Baron, Grop, and Sabrika, Anakis, and they are Personae non grata. If you find them, bring them to me, and you will be rewarded with their tongue cast in gold, and also their body weight in gold. Okay, until this point, I was going to suggest we each turn one other in. To get our tongues? Before the tongue part. Now I do not think it is a good idea. What if we get Cormac to turn all of us in, and then break us out, and then we make off with the bounty? I don't think we need uh, to make off with the bounty of our own tongues cast in gold. Maybe we should call him so we don't die. Oh, that's a good idea. You think? Because I have one of these... Signal flares. Don't shoot that now. Yeah, why don't we go a little bit away first? Just sort of book it back away from the place we just blew up. We should find a safe place to go for the time being. Yeah, uh, once the, the announcement has played, it, it plays itself out in full two or three more times. Um, it, it was apparently pre-recorded exactly like that. Yeah, uh, I would suggest getting out of there because you can hear... Uh, the sounds of enthusiastic xenophobic yuppies uh, rousing to uh, enact the will of their monarch. So we are running? Towards Conception Bay. Uh, maybe we can make a detour towards the Codswood. Yeah, a good place to hide with lots of cover. Yeah, to be clear, you, you definitely also heard, like, this announcement was audible in Conception Bay. It was not just St. John's that was responding to this. We may not want to go back anywhere we have came from before until we can find out more of who we can trust and who we cannot. I am a little, like, thinking about the Drac, maybe, and them as allies. We know they don't like the queen. They were already planning on attacking uh, St. John's. If anything, they might be upset that we didn't invite them to join us in the ransacking. Also do not know the state of the desert that we may or may not have destroyed. Yeah, I think there's this thing people do in that liquid, and I don't know how to do that. Uh, what, did, you, did you never learn to swim? Yeah, there's like lakes and shit. Water exists. Oh. I also didn't come from water privilege. Yeah, that's okay. I don't know how to ride a bike. Uh, there are those people who go water splashing, water wa- water walking, water flying. I think it's called water flying. I think we called it water dipping for a bit. Speaking of water walking, I could give us all the ability to walk on water for an hour, if that's appealing. But I don't know if that would get us very far. No, I, I would not say that, it, that that the water has reestablished itself so quickly that that would be useful. It is boring for less than half an hour. Oh, it's like rain still. Like waterfalls coming out of the cracks. Why don't we head towards... Uh, let's get to cover. We can sort of saddle up. Uh, I can 
uh, summon Alexis, uh, Vorkath can summon whatever friend he decides to summon. We head towards the Codswood, either through or around it, depending on what people's sort of attitude is towards us there. I'm sure Cormac will be uh, understanding, but maybe not everybody else. And we go to the Drac and uh, either hide out or regroup there. That sounds like a good plan. I'm just assuming we're already walking. Yeah, yes. Good. Yeah, Yeah, this feels like one of those conversations where we're already running away from the place. We just haven't decided yet, so we're talking about it while we run. I have no problem with this. However, I do suggest that potentially we find somewhere we have not been yet to convene with these people we trust. Perhaps a city we have not yet made ourselves known in, and we can send a message to them to have them meet us there. Or maybe a city we have made ourselves known in. What if we go back to Hearts Delight Desire, where they know us as heroes? The first rule of exile is that there is no going back. I mean, we're not exiled, we're just kind of wanted. Not in a good way, though. Either way, we have to get word to where we're going. Uh, so to, or rather to the people we want to meet. So, I, I mean, I don't have any sort of messaging magic. Pascal, I assume you don't either. Nope. So, uh, you know, beat feet and uh, use our words. Mm-hmm. I just got these signal flares. Yeah, um, we could even skip the Codswood and go straight to the, the Drac and just sort of fire a signal flare towards there as we're going so Cormac can meet us. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Because then, worst case, if Cormac tries to screw us over, the Drac will protect us. And also, worst case, if the Drac tries to screw us over, Cormac will protect us. I mean, I guess worst, worst case is that they both decide to screw us over. But let's not go there. We'll be fine. I'm surprised you don't give your boyfriend a little more credit. I mean, it's either give my boyfriend credit or give my extremely powerful sort of husband credit. I, I'm just, I'm stacking the odds here. I don't know. <laughs> So I guess we saddle up to whatever things we have. Bike? Do we? Ha- I mean, do they have their bikes? Did we even bike, or did we just ride the whole time? We just rode. Okay. Well, then I will uh, summon Alexis and leave Vorkath to choose a animal. Can I ride Alexis with you? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Room for two. Vorkath, you better summon something big enough for the two of us. <laughs> uh, so I've summoned a dire wolf and a boar. Which one do you want to ride, Pascal? Oh! Pascal immediately hops on the boar's back and also nuzzles it a little bit. I have not given this one a name yet. I leave the honor to you. <gasps> oh, this would be Trotters. That is an acceptable name. Trotters, do you accept? <laughs> Trotters says yes. Merveille. Can I try to contact uh, any of my angelic friends? Choose one. Probably I would go to Sheer first, just because... Uh, Sheer is more of a constant presence in Oriel's life, and so just like having her watching is like the immediate like, are you Sheer? Sheer? My child, are you correct? I felt such disturbances in space around you. What? What happened? You? Th- I I was told some things. The the queen said that she. It entangled us in the first place um and then you were like oh you're fine uh this is where you're supposed to be meeting the queen and then she tried to kill us i mean I'm, i i feel like you sort of got a, uh at least a partial view of the end of that my child I, I don't entirely understand what you mean i've been trying to contact you for goodness nearly three weeks I've been trying. I don't know who you've been speaking to. Uh, did you say three weeks? Yes. Oh, we we spent the better part of a day inside St. John's. Oh, that's very strange. And I spoke to you. But I don't recall having spoken to you. So you must have spoken to somebody else. Okay, um... It's one of the advantages of being a celestial. Memory is perfect. I don't forget a thing. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just... I've been... Uh, it's been three weeks for you, and I'm sure you're as relieved as I am to be speaking to me as yes, I am to you. Yes, I knew you were 
weren't dead. I'd have felt that. But for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what was happening. I, It's sort of been, like I said, for me, it's been not that long. And it's just been sort of a constant barrage of reality and existential uh, breaking mind attacks on me. And I'm just trying to process it. Mm-hmm. What? I don't, I don't know how... how uh, expansive your view of the realm rather how what what can you can you see what's happening other than just me what happened while we were gone well it was sort of like you left what do they call it it's sort of like you left a phone off the hook i was on a call with you and then you left but you didn't hang up i knew you still existed but you just weren't there, couldn't see you, couldn't speak to you. I was shouting. All of heavens heard me shouting for three weeks, but you didn't hear me. Okay. Well, it's sort of... I mean, I'm glad I'm glad I can speak to you now. Uh, this is like every time I call one of my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyways, uh, I don't... I didn't have much to say other than making sure that you're still here. I, I guess I'll probably be speaking to uh, Bahir later. Yes, he would very much like the chance to speak with you as well. He's been very worried about you, Mr. Missing Pants. Always, I don't know. Sheer? Yes? Do you want to just Take a second and listen to to how that sounds. Say that again. Yes, Mr. Missing Pants. Yeah, you you understand why that's not a good one, right? Well, your defining feature is the fact that you wear pants and you were missing. <laughs> uh, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, Sheer. Uh, I I feel like I've been sort of staring into space for a while. Uh. And the others are probably curious what's happening. So I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. All right. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Uriel, you seem upset. Yeah, Pascal's just like an inch away from Uriel's face, staring straight at him like, eh? We're all riding. Like, how are you doing that? I'm riding a horse. You look over and my neck is stretched real far. Good news, bad news, and news. Good news first. I can speak to sheer again yay uh, connection is back that's cool how's she doing she's very relieved because here's the bad news or the news at least uh we've been gone for three weeks uh hmm. so um wasn't just a, a fun day trip as we thought it would be um i don't know where that leaves the time timeline of the drac attack oh um because they were waiting to hear from us I don't know what their situation is. I don't know what... I mean, I'm sure the commission doesn't super care. They sent us to meet the queen in the first place. Um, How does three weeks just go by like that? Uh, Will we unconscious all that at time after the explosion? Just laying outside? I don't think so. Uh, because I didn't... Uh, according to Sheer, we didn't have a connection. There was no connection between she and I. That whole time until until we woke up or were blown out. So I have to assume that m- maybe time passes differently. I think it's her and I. Uh, maybe. Well, it would be between. <laughs> it would actually be between her and me, or she and me. Because if you if you if it works, what you do is you take out the other person. And you say between me, right? Not between I. So it would be between she and me rather than she and I. Maybe it has to do with her sort of anti-aging magic. Maybe time flows differently around her. Or perhaps that the city is rife with nothing. That too, that too. Well, I'm disturbed. Does this change the plan? I think we should still follow up with the Drac, right? Yeah. At least to see where they are. Assuming they are still there, but hopefully they are. I'm surprised they didn't blow it up while they were waiting for us. Unless they tried. That's Uh. sad idea well i don't see any uh corpses of gigantic dragons around or i didn't see any um so that's at least an upside Mm -hmm. Mm. well 
Let's go. Let's ride in silence. Alex, as we're riding in silence, uh, can Pascal do a scent-based perception check to see if I smell any drac around? Yes. Cool. Uh, it's a 13. Uh, okay. You get a distinct whiff as though you may have smelt uh, dragons, but... It it doesn't feel it doesn't smell super fresh. It it could even be you. It's like when you're like walking and you're like, oh, what smells like armpit? And then you realize you smell like armpit. Yes, but uh, yes, it is it is ambiguous uh, whether the dragon you're smelling is not yourself, and you cannot glean anything further. If there was um, a bunch of dragons here, great pains have been taken to make sure it no longer smells like them. All right. Okay. Uh, so are you heading back out toward um, the uh, now and former desert? Yes. Cool. That's going to take time because you haven't gone this way before. But uh, yeah, that's, that is some hours spent. In complete silence. <laughs> As you get further away from the uh, Conception Bay, St. John's corridor, there's sort of the general, like, the bay and mountain and thereabouts. Um, as you leave that area and get closer to the desert, the desert that has water pouring onto it, uh, you do notice that, yeah, it, it immediately it starts to look and feel more entangled as you get further away. But there's like a, a solid kilometer, at least, around where you were that... As far as you can recall, Pascal, anyway, it looks like how this place looked. It is ordinary and natural and boring. There are no fish growing on trees. For any listeners who don't know kilometers, it's about uh, 0.6 miles. I mean, figure it out. Like, you think that Google. <laughs> kilometers is like, it's a distance. Also, how would anyone have gotten, like, this many episodes deep into this show without exactly. even a cursory interest in... Canada? The metric system? Yeah, the, the metric system. The entire world other than the United States? <laughs> the metric system is just a gateway drug to learning about Canada. It's true. <laughs> I learned the metric system and now I smoke weed. Legally. As you all ride on Alexis, a boar, and a wolf, unbeknownst to you, the wounds in the sky are knitting themselves together in nothingness, and mysteries abound. What has become of the queen? What is the deal with the corkies? What's going on outside the dome? Have I, how, how much of this have I planned in advance ever? We'll find out. You, the players, and myself. God, if I know, that's what happened this season. Unnatural Toonie. Goodbye. Uh, that brings us to the end of our show. We'll be back very soon with another brand new episode. Till then, you can follow us on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Natural Toonie and check out our Patreon to get all kinds of juicy behind-the-scenes details. There's all kinds of awesome perks available like custom art, personal messages, having an NPC named after you, access to our banging Discord server, and so much more. You can even directly mess with the game by, like, buying things that give us buffs and also buying things to give us unbuffs and sending monsters after us. Who doesn't want that kind of power? Patreon.com slash natural toonie. A special shout out to our $5 plus patrons, Josh Wright and Grace Kendall. Have you ever looked at your shirts and been like, these don't have enough natural toonie merchandise on them? Daily. Well, <laughs> we All have a solution for you. <gasps> You can represent your favorite Canadian Dungeons & Dragons podcast at our official merch store. <laughs> All those art assets that you've been seeing on Instagram, uh, including those pride uh, illustrations by Dave Flam, and soon there's going to be some season two illustrations now, now that season one is over. Mm-hmm. Going to be on Instagram. All those things, you can put them on shirts, you can put them on mugs, you can put them on sweaters you can put them on stickers you can put them on magnets you can put them all over your body put them on your baby put them on your pants but they don't they don't do pants uh but 
you could maybe buy a sticker and stick it on your pants yeah. if you decided. Stick to. it on your pants. You could stick probably pants. you could probably buy a tote and that here me buy, out. You, you could, could buy a tote. You could buy a tote and cut the the art off the tote and then sew it onto your pants like a patch. Mm. Mm. Oh. Put it on your pants. An idea. So why don't you buy your new favoriteest merch at t.pub slash lick slash natural toonie, which is a bad URL. So why don't you just click the description link in the description for merch? You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Sirenscape for the amazing music and sound effects. If you're not using Sirenscape to score your own games, do it. It's free and it's super great. Check them out at www.sirenscape.com. This show is produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as me. part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com, which is a better URL. It's true. Until next time, I am Alex Smith. I'm Tom Zalatni. I am Andy Sherman. I'm David Hall. And I'm Becca Redden. Alex, give us give us the out. Alex, do the out. Do an out. And don't forget to spank your queen. (laughs) Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Hey there, I'm David. I'm Tess. I'm Giovanni. And I'm Greg. And we're Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. Each episode, we pick a topic, and each of us brings a video game that we think best fits that topic. Tune into the show to find out how Super Mario Land is all about travel. Or how Bloodborne is a game about sacrifice. Or how SimCity... He's actually a conspiracy to mine data about human infrastructure. No, we have to stop with this. We're doing a a promo. Please stop. Intrigued? A little scared? Us too. Make sure to catch us every other Tuesday on your favorite podcatcher app. See you there. Hey, I'm October Jones. Hi, I'm Fish with Legs. I'm a fish fish with legs. I'm the elemental creature of water. And I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish with Legs. Starring me and my best friend... October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends and go on adventures and get captured a lot and escape a lot and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends and authoritarianism and colonialism and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- for adults and kids. (laughs) New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it.